Welcome to Bad Dad's Film Review. As any parent will tell you, having children puts a serious dent in your ability to watch films. So we started a weekly podcast to catch up on the ones we missed. And having turned our collective focus and attention on a movie released any time in the last 15 years or so, we thought it might be funny if we did the same thing with the stuff our kids watch too. Only you'll be able to tell us if we've met that very limited brief. There will be spoilers and language and cheese. So if you're offended by any one of those things, apologies in advance. This week's episode is brought to you from the mind of one of the bad dads, uh, co-host Peter Andre. Now, as some listeners may recall, that's not just a silly nickname we've bestowed upon our resident fromage aficionado, but an actual silly name given to him by his parents, who presumably hated him. Now, we have all collectively known each other for years off and on, in mine and Sidey's case, something like 30 years, which literally made my heart sink and fingers tremble as I typed these words earlier today. But how well do we really know Bad Dad Peter Andre? Well, Dan and Sidey... We're about to find out in a segment which I call, Whoa, <laughs> Mysterious Peter, I want to get close to you. So I have in my possession some genuine facts sourced from our cat-bothering friend himself earlier today, and I've interspersed those with some truths and possibly some not-truths about the popular 90s singer who shares Peter's identity. All you have to do is figure out if we're talking about Peter Andre or Peter... Nondre. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I thought about that for about four or five hours, and that was literally the best I could come <laughs> up with. Okay, so I'm going to go do a fact, and you guys. Uh, so, Peter Andre was born in Harrow, London. Is that Peter Andre or the other one, Peter Nondre? It's the other one. I think it's the real Peter Andre. Well, who are you saying is the real Peter Andre? The good one. This one here in, no, that, in the room. No, no, no. You're saying Peter Nondre. Uh, that is, I'm afraid, both. You're both right. That's Peter Nondre. Peter Andre has four children. No, I think that's true on both counts. Uh, well, it's certainly true of Pierre there. Mm. What's your final answer? True. Yeah, Nondre. Yeah, it's both of them, actually. So we uh, you were right. I right. think you both get a point. So you're doing yes. well. Peter Andre had an early brush with stardom, singing on the Sunday afternoon religious television show Highway, hosted by Sir Harry Seacombe. That is something. Actually, that's our Pete. That, that's our Pete, because our Pete has a better voice than Peter Andre. I don't know if you've ever heard him sing, but it's... Is this true, is a Peter? Genu- is it, it's a genuine thing. Is he that your a, final answer? Is that what you yeah, say? Yeah, our Peter Andre? Our Peter Andre... Is this true, Peter? Yes, it is. Oh, you you know him well. Peter Andre has shagged Jordan. Trick question. Both of them have, as have all of us and all of the (laughs) listeners as well. Peter Andre was born on the exact same day as the world's first ever test tube baby, Louise Brown. Oh. Or Sister Brown, as he calls her. Say that was the other Peter Andre. The other Peter Andre. I I would say... This is your chance to make a difference now, so I've only got one question left. Okay, well then, I'm going to stick with this one. I don't think it hinges on this. I I think it's the the Australian. The Australian one. So you've both gone for the same answer. You're both wrong. Oh. Peter was, in fact, born on the exact same day. nodding your head like there's some relevance to it. Yeah. <laughs> so this is it now. It's a tiebreaker right, okay. question. The final question. It's a tricky one. It's fucking tense. Yeah. It is. Peter Andre has an estimated net worth of 12.3 million. That's well, true. That's true. driving Mercedes. I, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, you look at it, Clobber, and he comes around here and... and I'm yeah. going to say it's that's our Pete. You're going to say that's our Peter Andre? Oh, yeah, it's our Pete. 
I'm if afraid you, you're well, hang on. Are we including are we including the extended family net worth? Because I think there's a rich uncle in there somewhere. Oh, that could go way up if we. The country to... club dude. I believe so. Yes, yeah, Cindy's got an uncle with a yeah. few quid. Yeah, he's uh, actually a star of Hollywood cinema. Yeah, Jackie. Uh, Hollywood cinema, Hong Kong cinema. Sorry. Yeah, so I, I assumed your net worth was way in excess of the paltry 12.3 million. Oh, from that's Alan. true. Actually, yeah, we've shortchanged you. Yeah, it's where it's a draw, and it appears wow. you both know Peter Andre well. So. Or equally unwell or equally unwell so commiserations to you both but interesting fact though that peter andre put his big boy pants on this week and watched a really good movie i think raising cane uh no i did i mean are we you, sc- you screenshotted something have to me. we moved on to the segment of it. what we've watched this week? It, yeah yeah okay so i did put on my big boy pants i was i was off work i was ill on friday and i was in bed and i thought i'm gonna watch some stuff that i promised that i would watch so I actually watched three films that day, Boom. and one of them was The Shining. Oh, wow. what did okay. you think of it? And it's fucking brilliant. You've lived yeah. to tell the tale. What a film! And I was, yeah, it was a little bit again, not not the horror film I was expecting it no. to be. There's not actually like many like you know, it's not a slasher. No. It gets gore weird. Film, yeah, very weird, tense, and fucking what a performance! Yeah, it's like, amazing. The scene in the in the bathroom with the. The butler dude when they're just talking that yeah. red sort of room and, the, and he's saying I had to yeah I can't how does he describe it it's really matter of fact I had to deal with them or something yeah no correct them yeah he uses yeah he yeah, I correct, correct my family yeah. and and that's obviously what what yeah. Jack then goes uh, one thing I didn't understand is why he says here's Johnny his name it's character gone, name is Jack gone completely mental okay. it's, it, it was a be, line from a American television that. here's Johnny Johnny Carson yeah. used to say it was the Carson show uh, right. that, that was yeah. lost to me because so. I, I remember because I, I obviously I've seen that particular scene before mm. but it, and then all the way through I was thinking his name's Jack Why? maybe again like multiple personalities maybe he's become Johnny but the, I, the woman in the bath do anything for you yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, what was what was the what was the? Yeah, um, I, the I'm talking about the older lady yeah. in the bath. Yeah, 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 the yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What was the triple header then? What, what asked you? I'm, I'm just I'm just picturing Pete in bed, light is on, you know, to watch yeah. this. There, I was no... only ever going to watch this at daytime when I had yeah. pillows and blankets and stuff like that to yeah to to cuddle me. So another film that I watched is one that I remember promising that I was going to watch. I watched Guardians of the Galaxy, which. I really enjoyed. Yeah, it's good I fun. did, yeah, I it's did good enjoy fun. it. It was after, I really like after the shining. No, I watched it before actually. I watched Guardians of the Galaxy first. And yeah, I did. I enjoyed it. And then what I did is I watched the sequel to one of those two films that I just mentioned. Doctor Sleep? No, I watched Guardians oh, of the Galaxy. Shit. Two. Guardians of the Galaxy two, yeah, shit. yeah, it wasn't as good. It's not you as know good. so Vin Diesel does the voice for Groot. Groot. And yeah. he did so each of those lines, he did a separate reading for each of them, and he would he would get like, the director who'd say, "Yeah, so what's my motivation?" <laughs> like, just say the fucking line, dickhead. I'm Groot. You know Didn't I mean? they give him a special version of the script that had what Groot was actually saying? Oh, really? Like, well, it seems Groot like he was after that sort of yeah. yeah meaning behind the the grunts of Groot. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Dan? I started to watch last night late the Zack Snyder thing, Justice League. Yeah, the Justice League with the zombie tiger. The, is that oh, no, Army Justice of the Dead. Army, Army of the, the Dead one. It was around about, I don't know, quarter past 11 before I even put it on. So I only started to, to watch. I think I, it took me to about half 12 before I did manage to turn it off, though, and say, right, now I've got to call it a day. So I've got the rest of it to, to go. But I know what you were saying the other day, and it was one of those. I said, right, I'll give it a go. You, you convinced me enough, and I'm I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's it's silly enough and well done enough that you can just put it on, enjoy it without judging it too much for. And it's very stylized, actually, isn't it? The well, beginning he always of it does all that and, stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. very clever. But like the music that. choices yeah. are so like well, obvious with the, the zombie Elvis, well, like, and the Eiffel Tower falls on it. He does the they do the doors as well, <laughs> yeah. but they they slow it right down. They had that was it Mike Pops and you remember they did that Wonder Wall Mike Flowers, yeah. and they they did Wonder Wall, and they yeah. did a load of other songs that they just kind of took the the piss out of really yeah. or slowed them right down, and they did that with this film yeah. as well with the soundtrack it's good it's clever we just started the most recent series of billions which i think is season five i've not i've lost the plot of well, i don't really know what's was happening it good anymore, the first few oh, seasons? i yeah. really liked billions really yeah liked it. i think it's it it got cut short this this season that you're watching there's only seven episodes i've watched i noticed I've watched that the seven yeah. up to the seventh episode and then I think maybe COVID. COVID. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Must have been. Fucked it. But yeah, I'm... I'm the previous the, seasons, yeah. two and three, were really good. Yeah, like, and, the, sort um, of like the, the psychological kind of warfare that they're waging on each other in it. Well, and I it just keeps like... changing tact. It's really good. Paul Giamatti's yeah. like this like huge alpha male but trapped in a tiny beta male's body yeah because he's like two foot tall and like you know he's just nothing to him but he's a killer yeah he's cold you know and he's yeah, he's, he's, he's brutal, ruthless but he, loves logic getting, he loves getting dominated games. yeah and there's a weird sex thing to it as well so yeah. yeah that's good but and i quite i quite fancy condola rashad is the is the lady's name it she's she's the psychologist no i do like her as well she is the well she used to work for him and then she was with the other guy are we talking about Tay- like taylor mason she's black no not taylor mason oh taylor mason's girlfriend with the with the afro no but i like her too oh i know who oh you my mean. god Sorry, this is so drawn out <laughs> yeah i do know who you mean yeah. now yeah yeah, yeah 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 she's tasty yeah, yeah. paul giamatti's kind of like protege but then yeah, yeah ends up but she's yeah yeah, yeah 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 the other thing that i squeezed in this week i forgot to mention was the second part of lupa ah um omar sai on netflix which I recommend yeah. it, a good a good two part, and there will be a third part coming out. So it's their biggest to look biggest to. hit, I think, so far. Really, yeah. is it? Yeah, he's a great star. He's Although he's hit. put on some timber for this second bit. There's one part where he's running after someone, and you think, okay, he's not actually <laughs> going to catch him, though, is he? <laughs> I found myself with a bit of free time on Saturday, so I put out a request on the Twitterverse, and I had a lot of recommendations, but someone said as it was uh, Pride Month, they recommended, it's called The Broken Hearts Club. So I watched it. It's really, really gay, but all the cast are straight, which is kind of a bit like, mm. well, apart from Billy Porter, is it, who's massively gay. But it's really kind of, I don't know, like a straight person's version of what... But this guy seems to be a big fan of it. What's the point of having a thing about... a? It's I don't about know gay people in gay culture. But it was all right. It, it was it was okay. Cars. But then they had like these sort of. I I sort of went back with my thoughts on it, and I said a little bit cliche few moments that I didn't really vibe with. And he, this guy was like, yeah, but it was still kind of good fun. But it had like gay people being bad at sport and them all being shit. And I was like, that's a bit condescending, isn't it? And stuff. So it was all right. I wouldn't go out of your way to watch it though. I also stumbled across a documentary called Finding Vivian Meyer. It's the sequel oh, to Finding Nemo. Yeah. No, this is the photographer. <laughs> the photographer isn't it? lady. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah, I started to watch that. It's actually. cool. Yeah. yeah. So this this chap buys a box of um, negatives. He's just looking for some stock photos for a book he's doing. Mm. Gets in this web of this woman who's just got hundreds of thousands of photos, never been published or displayed anywhere or anything like that. 
but they're amazing photos and he's well he thinks they're good and he sends them to a few people and they're like this these are fucking great photographs so he tracks down and he finds these storage lockers just full of these boxes of these undeveloped photos and rolls of film and he delves into trying to find out about her life and why these were never okay came. it's really interesting i definitely what's that on that netflix it's on amazon prime amazon yeah because she's like a nanny or something yeah who's uh, she wasn't a very nice person as it turns out she was quite abusive to right. some of the kids and stuff it was a bit um i think that she had probably been a victim right. of something yeah. sad in her life and it's quite I, interesting but i did see a few of her, her snaps as you as you do if you watch the trailer or watch yeah. the first sort of 20 minutes as, as i did and wow you know, yeah, she good. had a lovely eye for, she was for some of the the classic, definitely kind of talented, yeah, American scenes and things that she's. Got I've going also on. been watching a lot of. I don't even know if you want to hear about this. A YouTube channel called um, Global Cycling Network, <laughs> because a lot of I people am, like cycling. I am undertaking a charity cycle challenge at some point when COVID allows for London to Paris. So I'm learning things, you know about technique and what to do to your bike and blah 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 and so i got kind of hooked on that and i watched about three hours of it on sunday so that was oh, quite good but yeah. very niche yeah riggs are you joining sidey on this challenge because you're you've been clocking up the miles on the yeah, bike but the bike's a stationary bike my bike yeah but you know he's putting in the the hours yeah yeah, yeah. don't rule one. it out won't rule it out just okay. to check my diary yeah <laughs> we had a top five to finish off from last week we did Anyone remember what the topic was? Balls. That's right. Did I've actually, have... I've actually found one. A ball. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So balls in films that I think maybe will accept it if there hasn't been any. There been any like listeners? There were some. There were some uh, good ones. There. The Baywatch. Like, the my... Baywatch one was good. Oh yes. Who who nominated that? That was. A good I don't put on the spot. I think it, it was either Mav or. Z or something like that. Yeah, that was a good one. Mine is a, a character, an eight-year-old character called Alex uses marbles as a booby trap for a character called Earl Unger in Home Alone 3. <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> who would have thought it? <laughs> who would have, who would have well, thought and it? And Home Alone 3 goes in. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what cheese is. This week's cheese, brought to you by myself, is well. I've I've re-upped on the shawus because that was it's so huge hit. so good last time. Which is a kind of it looks like a goat's cheese, but it's not. It's a soft, creamy cow's milk cheese. And then I picked up a Keen's mature cheddar, which is five on the cheeseometer. Mm. So that's quite mature. Yeah, pungent. That's that's two. They're quite sizable cheese. I thought that would be enough for us tonight. Yeah, they're wedges, aren't they? Yeah, yeah so it's that's chunky decent. cheese. There, We've got yeah. a variety of chutneys to enjoy with them, which leads very well into this week's top five, which it, is it uh, war films. Well, so obviously, you couldn't you couldn't quite decide. Well, no, I could, um, <laughs> I, and I did decide, and so I went specifically with Vietnam war films eventually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, yeah. It was. I, a, it was. Some I was trying to get a, sort of like some input and steer from you guys, and you were dicks. So, yeah, yeah. so in the end, I I've also, done. I've done Vietnam. I've only done Vietnam. Yeah. I've only done Vietnam. Yes, there are fucking so, loads of Vietnam. There are films. loads. Yeah, I've of, also included Vietnam flashback scenes. Okay, or movies that are the result of Vietnam. Yeah. Okay. So I've I've allowed that into my yeah yeah, yeah that's for sure into yeah. my offerings as well. Do you know yeah. how many Vietnam films there were? Uh, a lot you weren't there man you don't know I don't know how many <laughs> were but I part of my research just was so fucking many I 
think maybe more than any other war. Well, I, one thing... World War's had a lot of movies, Second World War has had a lot, but like Vietnam War, it's interesting to me, like how many I've seen. I mean, I've, I've okay, I've got 10 on my, on my list here, which is quite a lot. I've probably not seen that many for any other war. I've got absolutely no connection. Like my grandfather was involved in the Second World War and there's a lot it. more. Huh? He started it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace, Adol. <laughs> so, no, my, so yeah, I've got no real sort of like affinity or connection whatsoever to Vietnam or Vietnam War films. However, I think growing up, being born late 70s and then, mm. you know, that that kind of like was the era like around uh, the, the time of the Vietnam War ending, I think, and then films subsequently made. It's almost like the only good thing that came out of the, the Vietnam War was the, was some, yeah, yeah. Some, was some good art. So, yeah, it was interesting to me why there is such a, a like a sort of a, a cine, cinematography. No, I'm not going to try and say that. Well, just it's, because the filmmakers were of age. I mean, one of the guys that we're going to talk about, Oliver Stone, was obviously uh, there and yeah. so made a film about his experiences. And I, America was processing what it meant to have them to have been in that war and uh, lost and that and and lost yeah. exactly yeah and then also a lot of the movies are taking place you know there was a concentration of stuff made very late 80s to kind of mid 90s there was mm. a, a lot of the movies that we'll probably talk about were made in that period as well so yeah. it's, it's interesting as well i don't know if you any of you guys been to vietnam no no we'd love yeah. to we'd love to go yes yeah, it's, it's a fascinating country yeah. i did a month there years back they call it the american war there of course yeah. they don't yeah of course you know call it vietnam war and i'm i'm a little bit disappointed it my research never took in some vietnam vietnamese films i just didn't see them i could have pulled them out yeah. but i hadn't seen them so yeah. i didn't want to bring them to the show but i would i'm sure that there will be some vietnamese directors and people from mm. um that side of the world who have a totally different spin on the kind That's of films that we're gonna really good at. point actually because i haven't seen anything like that and Me that neither. would be great to see another perspective on that conflict well there there are obviously some of these directors that do look at it differently this war and from different perspectives and different characters and things and if we're gonna kick off with one then casualties of war mm. would be one that you potentially see from a different side of things this is the michael j mm. fox one yeah where he is the the lone soldier really as a voice against the the brutality of the americans in his own troop who find this Vietnamese girl, kidnapper, raper, I pretty much think they end up killing her. And they do. It's, it's an horrific show. And then it's the aftermath of all, all that, which, again, you know, it's a view from many of the other films that I've got on my list that you wouldn't see. It's got it, your mate Sean Penn in it. Have you seen this one? It's no, a Brian De Palma one. The central part of the movie that's all about the stuff that Dan's talking about where this group of, they sort of, they're, brutally dehumanize this woman and and rape her and and there's a couple of guys who don't want to do it and then one of them gets turned around because of the group dynamic basically and it's all about what does your moral standpoint do under gunfire and that you know there's loads of interesting stuff going on but it's bookended with this clumsy stuff where michael j fox is like as an old guy on a train like sees a, a woman that vaguely reminds him of it's yeah. really bad that stuff but yeah it, the, the central part is gripping stuff and uh, and again just as we were talking about a, a completely different view on on a vietnam film which i would normally associate with something that i'm sure one of you guys are going to mention very soon apocalypse now which is that you know it's 
guns blazing or, or certainly big scenes where that happens. Yeah. I mean, uh, most of these films here, th- there's not really positive portrayals of the war itself or no. Americans in, in the war. I think there were, you know, there were at the very beginning of the war during it, there were some like sort of propaganda based films that were made kind of glorifying like America and the purpose of them being there and, and so on. But I think a lot of these films were like directors who and, and writers who wanted to kind of highlight that actually it wasn't so cool and and there was a lot of negativity th- and so on. This but. was a hell of a cool war. I mean, Hollywood loved this war. You know, it's got a soundtrack now for mm. this. Yeah. It, it is, you know, bandanas. I find that aspect of it a bit tasteless. It is. Actually. It is a little yeah. bit, but I mean, we do see it, don't we? That, you do, you yeah, know, absolutely. Uh, and and some yeah. of that is because of the iconic imagery. So you were going to talk about Apocalypse Now earlier and that's yeah. the one where you've got so much of that. Mm. Yeah. Imagery. Well, let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, the beginning of the film where you just the ceiling fan. Yeah, it's the doors. Yeah. You've got the the doors and then it of course it's Saigon, fucking Saigon when it when he's he's uh, hitting himself on on the neck from the mosquitoes so hot and humid Mm. and you start going into the world of I forget the name of the character's name, but it's based on John Joseph Conrad's book, yeah. Yeah, the characters. So Michael Sheen is 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 it Michael Sheen? It is. Yeah, Yeah, Michael Sheen is Captain Willard, and he's charged with Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. Yeah, Michael Sheen's the Tony Blair guy. Does get together forever. (laughs) 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 Martin Sheen. Yeah, Yeah. of course. I love doing Wall Street. He's yeah. He's charged with finding and killing a. Well, uh, Kurtz has gone rogue. Captain Kurtz, who's Marlon Brando, he's gone rogue, and he's uh, yeah. He's not. Uh, There's so many any... legendary stories about how this film was made, as well as the film itself being absolutely fucking amazing yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, there's there. I've, I've got it on my list is the documentary of the making of this film, which <laughs> yeah. is Hearts of Darkness, the filmmaker's apocalypse, which was Coppola's wife um, was filming behind the scenes and also doing sort of secret recordings of. Wow, well, not, not necessarily that, secret, but she was she was just recording the stuff that was going on, and it was just complete carnage. I mean, she had a heart attack, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, there was all sorts of other stuff. I think lots of drug use and just the he heat. Got it was impossible. Absolutely, to film. the scene where he cuts himself in the hotel room—he was fucking paralytic, oh, yeah, and they yeah, just yeah, let yeah. the camera roll. And yeah, there's all sorts of crazy I stuff. Mean, and then Oliver on top Stone, of it, you know, he's a. I think this is peak Oliver Stone in and around this. This, this is Coppola. No, this is Coppola. Um, yeah, Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse yeah. Now. Um, yeah. Sorry, I take it back. It's not peak Oliver Stone. It's peak Coppola. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's. You've got this like crazy character study of Kurtz and then all these incredible scenes, obviously the ride of the Valkyries and yeah, yeah. getting the guy to surf on the beach. Is it, It's just mental, really. The napalm in the morning. Yeah. yeah. Um, Brando one. was super paranoid about his weight at this point, wasn't he? That's well, because he was a big fat shit when he turned but up. He didn't give a fuck. <laughs> no, but he didn't give a fuck later on in life. But at this point he did. Yeah. He did. He didn't want to be on the on screen too much that's why he sort of he also didn't want to say any of the words that no. were in the script so he just said his own shit and they <laughs> yeah. just put him in the dark and stuff and it, and it worked and it was yeah. amazing he knows what he's doing have you seen the redux version just uh, we can finish it off but it's got an extra 40 minutes mostly of them sitting around a big table talking not, yeah. not so keen on that tropic thunder though oh, is wow. a film where they are making a vietnam war movie and there's some funny moments in it and blah 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 we were talking before we started recording about the woke brigade i think they would have a field day with this nowadays 
because it has the sort of Robert the film Downey within. Jr. Well, before we even get that, it has the film within a film of um, the is it Jack? I can't remember the the boy we're oh, learning to simple Jack. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, the, yeah. That sort of thing, and then the, then am you I have, allowed? Because I am laughing because we used to call somebody at work simple Jack, parodying well. like Forrest Gump, like, yeah. particularly, yeah, and Hollywood's like like. Yeah. saccharine treatment of that sort of thing but, but then you also obviously have robert downey jr blackface yeah i don't you know i don't think they would make that but in the film they're sort of because it they're they're parodying it because it's like he's so method that yeah. he has yeah. like skin pigmentation like operation to become black for the film he's yeah. like an australian he's like kurt lazarus <laughs> kurt lazarus and he's yeah. Uh, yeah he's so he's so method that he and then but they address it cuz like the 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 black guy in the film is constantly peppering him for like yeah. how he talks and what he's doing and so like just yeah, yeah. It's, I, I think they address that in the film as opposed to just you know doing it yeah, it's not just it, left yeah. it out yeah, there, they're yeah. not doing it ignorantly i think they they know exactly no. what they're doing and also Tom Cruise is just fucking wonderful in this. Really amazing, really yeah. amazing, yeah. Good one. Yeah. So an actual Oliver Stone film is, so one of them, because he, he definitely did a few, but one, the one that I've seen is 1986 Platoon. So the other Sheen, or an, another Sheen, Charlie this time, who's a, yeah, he's, he's, he's young, he's been drafted, he arrives He's playing in Oliver Stone, basically, isn't he? I mean, yeah, yeah, I think it's so, is it? semi-autobiographical so he arrives in vietnam and when he arrives he's in in a platoon that's that's divided massively because of the the two like neither of them are actually like the what i don't know what you call the leader of the platoon like but anyway that neither of them are the the, the, the chief leader. guy platoon leaders yeah but they're played <laughs> respectively by willem dafoe and uh, tom berenger and mm. willem dafoe's kind of like He's like he's quite cool. He likes to you know sit around and have a beer and a laugh and a few joints with with the with his comrades when there's some downtime. And Tom Berenger is a fucking maniac asshole. But they both got and but, but there you, are you also that, need him on your side in a fight, absolutely, because he's he's ruthless and he'll make like the the the, the, the hard keep, but right decision. Your life, yeah. And yeah, the the film itself kind of like like sort of crescendos to to the scene where it's it. The, the, I'm pretty sure the the poster that's willem dafoe getting mm. Elias, gun, yeah. and it's they think that it's as a result of like tom berenger's kind of like decision or you that's know, de- the, deliberate actions that's the scene that people talk about but when i think about that movie i always think about the scene where they go into that village and constantly you're like you're viewing the local population with this kind of combination of fear and mistrust basically yeah. because you don't know who your enemy is and they go into this village and there's just a sequence of events that happens and it turns into this absolute bloodbath and it's just awful and you can see how it happened there must have been awful scenes that Mm. happened exactly like that and it's such a powerful and 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 you know like the you know the american you know army guys themselves would have been some would have been very conflicted some would have like showed a lot of like empathy and and you know Mm. support to local people who were just caught up in this conflict and others would have just been like ruthless assholes that would have been like, they're all fucking, they look different to us. They're all the enemy. Let's slaughter them and treat them like fucking well, animals. It's not quite as simple as that either, is it? It's, I mean, it's also, I went on tour with this guy. He was my buddy and I saw him killed and that happened to buddy after buddy after buddy. Yeah. And, you know, Where's also down? you've yeah. trained me to go to this place and a lot of the movies deal with this aspect of it as well. You've trained me to be a killer yeah. uh, and it's changed me psychologically. You can't expect me to not be a complete lunatic yeah. if that's what you've asked me to be. Yeah. yeah. No, there's no switch, is there? I mean, no. this is it. It's, it's terrible. One of the other 
films that I guess is particularly harrowing is the killing fields. And I know this settles probably on the on the border actually of I've Cambodia and Vietnam. But the the killing fields was the Khmer Rouge, the the government that was in place after the Americans had left Vietnam. Is it Pol Pot and all so those? Pol yeah, Pot they rose and, up and out of the were, aftermath. Yeah. yeah, well, they were there, but they took control in the aftermath. That, that's yeah. right. I, that I went. I went there. I remember seeing this film first in Phnom Penh, and then the next day going to the Killing Fields for real. And it's just like absolutely mind blowing. I mean, the the tragedy, the trauma, the the, the absolute horrific <laughs> something like nature of a quarter genocide. of the population yeah. were uh, were like so. Was executed. it any any intellectuals or anything like that? Yeah, just executed. It was year Anyone zero. Glasses. It had to be. Yeah, it was year zero. Everybody, if you weren't like a farmer with no education who suddenly became top of the tree, yeah. you know, then you were you were liable to be killed and and you know. So when you say you went up. there, you went to where the killing so fields it, so were. So you go themselves. to the killing fields. They've yeah. changed it a little bit now. And can you get I've, an I've ice cream there? Two or three <laughs> times. At the time, yes, you could do all that. And you could, it was, I mean, you'd wander in and it's like nobody had really thought of how to run a museum or anything like that. It was just there. Just yeah. like you wander in, there's, you could pick up a skull. There was, Jesus. you know, all this kind of Fuck thing. Me. There was still blood stains on things. There was a tree, you know, they paintings of what had happened rather than photographs so, so they had artists that had put on these you know terrible scenes like you think fuck you know and there's an aura there you know mm, to, yeah, to see well the film centers around a, a journalist who is helping uh, an american new york times journalist and he's a, a cambodian guy and anyway when the shit hits the fan all the westerners are out of course mm. the embassy and there's really scary hairy moments but they can't get this guy i think his name's sith they can't get him out he can't you know he's cambodian so he's left there and they can't get him out into america it's an incredible true story of how he does manage to to get through to eventually Thailand and escape. But wonderful. And that's the killing fields. The killing does he get fields. his revenge at any point? The revenge of the Sith? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've probably got his name wrong. Anybody seen Hamburger Hill? I haven't. It's not an all-star cast. It's got Don Cheadle in it as an early early appearance from him. And it's kind of often unfavourably compared to Platoon. It stands apart, I think, Hamburger Hill from other Vietnam War movies because it's not like... It's not got the opera, say, of Apocalypse Now and it's not got the symbolic internal conflicts of something like Platoon or like the black humour of something like Full Metal Jacket. Is it just about Mel Gibson just no, holding No, no, no. It's Don Cheadle and Dylan McDermott. He kind of looks like a squashed yeah. Ross from Friends. He, it, It's not got those things. It's really just about the sort of bravery of the men, basically, who were sent on these operations for fairly nebulous strategic reasons and this particular hill hill 937 nicknamed hamburger hill because enemy gunfire was so intense it turned attacking soldiers into hamburger meat uh, and it, it's set over 11 days as they try to take this hill and they have no idea why and they suffer unbelievable casualties it's an entrenched ridge with a bunker system and a gun and they're going up and it's just as awful as you might imagine and the combat scenes are just unbelievably intense it, it's it's sort of this bleak film about the bravery of soldiers in like utterly pointless circumstances so kind of that like obviously a really strong anti-war message because 
you know, spoiler alert, they do eventually take the hill, but basically everybody's dead. The, the, the losses on both sides are so enormous that, and then three weeks later, America pulled out of Vietnam anyway. So, and over 600 of the local population died. Over 500 people were injured. Nearly a hundred American soldiers were killed. It was just an absolutely tragic battle, a true battle and and a very good film. This one was released 34 years ago yesterday, which if you're listening to this on Friday is not true. So (laughs) it's Full Metal Jacket, which really is a film of two halves. Um, The first, I think it it sort of shows what you said before, Riggs, about how these people are trained to become killers and it shows how you dehumanise these people and strip everything away till they're just grunts with a gun, you know, effectively. Mm. That's all you are. And... We used to watch it and laugh because you do get the sort of the funny comments from the drill sergeant about how he, the insults that he, he dishes out just relentlessly are quite funny when you're watching it, especially when we're younger. But that's probably how it happens. And mm-hmm. well, he Ali Emery is a real drill. He was he was and he wasn't cast originally. He, he was no. the sort of advisor when Kubrick saw how fucking good he was. You know, they had to have him in and. Did he send in. him a tape of him doing just like 20 minutes of uninterrupted just abuse? And he would have been doing like, that for years to yeah. people, you know, and that's how you get these people to become just, you know, faceless sort of killers, I guess, what they want, these Marines. Every now and then one might go a little bit... But it's also a study in sort of bullying and what that what happens, you know, and we used to laugh about it and it's no, fucking no. awful. So, you know, that's almost the end, you know, it almost is like film one, bang... Private Powell shoots the drill sergeant and then we go off to war and it's a completely different movie. Does in the he second kill half. himself? He does. He, yes, does. Yeah. he, he shoots him. He, 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 he's sort of psychotically doing the routine, you know, and he says full metal jacket. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shoots yeah. him yeah. in shoots the face. Shoots him in the chest. And then, and then, then kills him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and he sit down, he just like sits, sits on the leg. He's on the toilet, yeah. Got, yeah. You see his brain go all over the wall. It's yeah, nice. Vincent D'Onofrio. Fantastic um, oh, he, performance. He played like the, you know, men, the original Men in Black film. Yeah. He was like the, the yeah. alien. Uh, yeah, yeah, don't yeah, do that. that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew I'd seen him somewhere before. He was also Kingpin in Daredevil, and I mention it because he was really good yeah, in that. Yeah, he was good in that. He was good in one of the Law and Orders as well. But he, the, the second half of the film is is good, but it's not quite as memorable for me as the the first half. Mm. But you do get that bit where what they the snipers just to take someone out but leave them alive, mm. and then you'd have this dilemma of do you go out to try and rescue them because you know you're just going to fucking get shot if yeah. you go out there and they just pepper the guy constantly it's fucking awful and it turns yeah. out to be a young girl yeah yeah and uh, the guy kills i mean it's just there's so much going on in those scenes as well people do forget it doesn't have the same impact i don't think as the first part of the movie but no. there's still a lot of rich stuff going on in mm. that second a slightly different film but with with similar themes obviously because it's about the vietnam war <laughs> is good morning vietnam with go on pete with do it what? do it no with no you've got it in your no I thought you did. You're the impressions guy on. on Yeah, but you love Robin Williams, though. I do love Robin Williams. I think he's a fucking brilliant actor. Good morning, Vietnam! There we go. That was strong. Yeah, Yeah. that was strong. He had a nomination for this, by the way, so popular. Okay. Right. Well, I I really like this film. I really like Robin Williams as an actor, particularly when he's not trying to do comedy, when he's trying to, you know, and, and in this. Obviously, there are comedic elements. He's brought to sort of liven up the like the the armed radio forces board. radio oh, yeah station, and he comes in and he's like, 
massively kind of like anti-authority, anti-establishment. He goes against um, everything that the some of the guys and the producers and so on are for. But immediately it, it like hits the mark, and the the troops are, are far more kind of like engaged with the with the radio because before it was just like information and the weather. Mm. You've got that guy who's a total dick who tries like doing his own little skits, and that's really embarrassing. Robin Williams just comes in as a pro. This is a it's a true story mm. about a, a real guy who did go out and and do this. I think I think it's a strong film and a really strong performance. It then goes it further into it. He becomes uh, a sort of like involved with a with a local girl. She I think her brother is kind of like a, a covert like Viet Cong sort of operative. operative. There there ends up in the the bar that they go to all the time. There's a bomb goes off. The brother, the, this this Viet Cong operative, whose whose sister Robin Williams is seeing, he he sort of give gives he drags him out somehow. He kind of gives him a heads up that he wants him to get out of the the bar, mm. and then he walks across the road and the bar explodes mm. because he he's killed a lot of people, but but wants to sort of like save Robin Williams, and yeah, and it just becomes like a a, a love story that that can't really happen. It, it's it's a bit tragic in that regard. He sort of eventually his his time and his impact in Vietnam sort of is on the wane. He does have this there's, there's a moment where he's on the back of a truck and and you know the guys recognise that it's him. Or I think Forrest Whitaker's character points out that it's it's him. So he does like an impromptu sort of. Uh, he was in everything those days, wasn't he, Forrest Whitaker? He yeah, he was. He was in a few, in few Vietnam films as well. Yeah, but yeah, that was it. I, I really like. I really like the film. I really like Robin Williams as an actor, and it's a good one. We haven't mentioned it yet, so I will mention the Deer Hunter uh, mm-hmm. because this again is another huge heavyweight Vietnam film. De Niro walking. You've got the Russian roulette scene. You've Meryl Streep. Big My fan. Favorite, yeah. I, I know. I mean, it's 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 a film that stays with you long after the end credits roll. Been brought up and influenced in in so many other things. Don't have to probably talk about it too much here. But, I mean, was it a film that you enjoyed seeing? I've seen it a couple of times. I love the soundtrack, of course. Everybody at a wedding loves to sing, I love you. I love you. But, you know, singing it around, that's the big moment before they go off. This is one of the ones that deals with the return from Vietnam as well, yes. which we haven't had yeah. too many of those yet. A few on my list. So it's, it's that sort of, you've, you've sent these people off to kill. You know, the feeling at home was that people didn't want to be involved with the Vietnam War. So when these people came back, they weren't, you know treated with that much uh they were, you know people weren't that happy to have these people back around and they weren't it wasn't easy for people to integrate back into normal everyday life yeah you know? that's right yeah and i mean rambo has got to be the, the next the, one, yeah. the big mm. example of that and that was really about what happens when you abandon people who've been through things he's just a he's just a drifter isn't he yeah, just, going yeah. to he's just trying to find town, his mate just trying to find his yeah. buddy <laughs> brian denner he's an asshole and before you before you know it he's having nam flashbacks and then he's in the middle of the wood with a knife in his teeth like yeah. stabbing dogs to death and wiping <laughs> shit on um blades <laughs> things are getting out of control he they bring in yeah. colonel troutman and he said he says a line they're doing this sort of just how amazingly badass is John Rambo. And he's talking about, you know, he's got 15 purple hearts and blah, blah, blah. It says he's been trained to eat things that will make a billy goat puke. <laughs> Which, so, yeah. and But the climax is kind of Stallone blubbering about his um, war experiences. And there's very little in the way of like big action or like eating things that might make animals sick. If you hadn't seen this one and you'd seen some of the later ones and then you went back to this, you'd be thinking, what well, the hell? Well, it's bizarre, it isn't it? It doesn't really kill anyone, does the, it? The Rambo franchise is this bizarre political like 
thing, isn't it? Because the second and third one, they turned it into this sort of Reagan era superpower version of it, yeah. where he's a one man army. Like. So I've not seen. I've only seen this one. I've yeah. not seen any of the other ones. And this one, he he makes some booby traps in the woods. Yeah. And there's some pretty yeah. violent. Well, there, there is a couple of deaths. It's the the spiky stuff that. Yeah, but he's the only people and- that die as a result of Rambo stuff is an accident. There's an accident with a helicopter, but he doesn't actually kill anyone. He um, makes a, a booby trap and it's got some He's spikes, got shit on like, the spikes, yeah. He yeah, yeah, and it, it spins around and kebabs some guy. Mm. He's not, he, he wouldn't have like danced again. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure he, he was would have counted as a kill. But yeah, I, I thought this was a really fucking good film. And I've never been inclined to go and watch any of the others because of the, then the, the sort of like, it's almost like a parody of, of itself. It's almost like, I feel like, you know, like the Hot Shots films. Like, it's like, it's like the UHF bit. Yeah. Right, that's yeah, what they yeah, become yeah, like. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So, do yeah. I need to watch the other Rambo's? Well, there's right, a lot like of them. Killed. There's a lot of them now. I've seen the most recent one. I think it's the most recent one where he works on a ranch and he has to go to Mexico to get. His... I nearly started watching that instead of this Zack Snyder thing. And then he Army brings them back to this like underground tunnel thing that he's made. I kind of it felt. I think somebody told me like the first ones are like a standalone brilliant film, yeah. and then the rest are just silly two, versions. Two and three are quite. I yeah. quite like. It's but, also the most confusingly numbered franchise of all time because the fourth movie is called Rambo. Yeah. The first movie is First Blood, Rambo yeah. 2, first Rambo Blood, part, part 3, two. then well, it's no, the, Rambo. The second one is First Blood Part, part two. 2. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot going on there number-wise. <laughs> yeah. Number one. Another study in people returning from Vietnam is Blind Fury, which is Rutger Hauer. Is, wow, yeah. He is blinded by a mortar explosion, and while serving in Vietnam, he's rescued by local villagers and becomes a master a yeah with a samurai sword it's fucking great it's, it's a good movie it. it's yeah. really good i know you've talked about it before this every is, time you mention it, i think it sounds amazing it's a really nice yeah. surprise it's other than him being trained in vietnam it's really got nothing to do with it but i really like we've the wedged it it's in. really yeah, cool. well done well some others well certainly the, the next one i've got on my list here again it, it you see aspects of it in in vietnam itself but then it, it's more about the the fallout it's another oliver stone film 1989 born on the 4th of july with Tom Cruise, um, and it's a true story. He's playing a, a guy called Ron Kovic, and it shows him, you know, being like the initial kind of like allure of, of the, there's a lot of propaganda going on, and he, he's he's hell keen to like sign up and go and serve his country, and, and he, he jumps on the, the bandwagon there. I think whilst he's over there, he accidentally kills one of his like comrades, and, and he has like a, he gets shot himself and becomes paralyzed. So by the time he gets back to, to the US, he's, he's in a wheelchair. Early tom cruise films or earlier tom cruise films where he has to play bitter assholes he's so fucking good at it maybe he's a bitter asshole himself i don't know but really really powerful performance and then it deals with like the you know the fallout of it and you know how there's all the things that you were talking about you know he's, mm. he's not particularly like welcomed as a hero even though he's given you know he's, he's lost you know so much over there lost a lot of himself his he legs. struggles with the yeah the, well the use of his legs anyway he struggles with like the the lack of financial support and becomes like a you know a lobbyist like for you know for people in his situation he's very much anti government and, and a massive uh, swing isn't it because yeah, he's he's completely this... it goes goes full circle which shows that him so keen as a young well, you lad see him at the beginning and... having a milkshake with his friends on yeah. main street talking about we've got to get involved we've got to get involved to yeah. a long-haired you know veteran 
anti-war yeah. than something that, like yeah you know something out of another one just really quickly dealing with the fallout a film called dead presidents mm, so it's it. like about it's about you know Bank some, robbery, some young yeah some like young black guys from from a neighborhood all get drafted go along they see some fucking horrible shit they have to do some horrible shit they when they come back they, again they're struggling to reintegrate and like the easiest kind of path is is to fall into a life of crime, and then they end up sort of doing some some heists. Like some of them die. Chris Tucker's in it actually, and it's like he's playing both like a straight a straight role. And he yeah, some of them end up sort of junkies and and die from that. And I think like the main character ends up doing a big long stretch for an armed well, robbery. He comes that he back got, to got having involved. like the local dealer all over his missus, yeah, who yeah, is an yeah. absolute honey and really innocent. And when she when he gets back, she's like. A full-on, like, she's been... She's been... She's fiend. Uh, yeah, and he's like, how did that happen? And the, the guy goes, I did that. <laughs> yeah, nice. Dexter St. John. I've got one here. It's another Oliver Stone film. It's Forrest Gump. Yeah, I was going to mention that one. Which, of course, we've got big themes going through. And, and similar to the platoon, Tom, Tom Cruise's character, he looks like he could have come out of one of the scenes from from Forrest Gump, actually, where they got all the, the huge veteran anti-war protests Big along Atlanta. towards the end and everything. Yeah, obviously, Forrest was a, a hero. Well, don't forget, he won the Vietnam War as well by <laughs> yeah. extracting that guy from... Mm. And he got shot in the buttocks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Twat. <laughs> yeah. What was uh, it? It was, it was Captain Dan... Yeah. Or someone like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Have we got time for a few Let's just rattle through references? Very quickly. Meet the Feebles, which is the Peter Jackson one, has a NAM flashback sequence. It's got an American frog who came back from Vietnam addicted to every barbiturate known to man. Uh, and he there's various silly homages to all of the films that we've talked about tonight. Universal Soldier, that's they are killed at the beginning in the Vietnam War and then their bodies are cryogenically frozen. Watchmen. Oh, yeah, I was going to do that one. The enormous, well, Dr. obviously Manhattan. the enormous giant penis of Dr. Manhattan, but Dr. Manhattan himself is a huge guy winning the Vietnam War single-handedly and letting Richard Nixon run for office for forever. And Kong Skull Island, which rather yeah. questionably sets its plot in motion at the tail end of the Vietnam War. A bit distasteful, is that? But rather than, like, you know, massacring the indigenous population, there's, like, Tom Hiddleston's getting twatted out of the sky by a ape as he's in a helicopter and it's got what's his name john c Riley. he's this pilot who crashed there and he's like been going steadily native and it's got person with learning difficulties impersonator toby kebble uh, in it okay. as well playing a person and doing some of the anima thing anima magic motion capture stuff yeah, yeah for for kong himself so yeah actually filmed in vietnam this one which most of the movies we've talked about tonight have not we're, been we're, famously full metal jackets fa final scenes are shot london at canary wharf yeah. yeah which is pretty cool just a couple from me then the five bloods i don't know if you guys have seen that no. one. i have seen this film i saw it last week okay it's pretty good i fucking really liked it it's yeah. got like comedy elements to it as yeah. well it's it's a different take on on a bit now hasn't it got chadwick yeah, it has got chadwick, yeah. He's, doesn't he's that add the dead a one, huge massive amount of like yeah well he's dead in it retro yeah. irony i don't yeah. so we won't we won't go into too much because i would like you guys to see it and then yeah. there's one that i haven't seen which is rescued dawn oh yeah i don't I know how i missed is, this one because it's christian my, bale yeah, yeah it's Chris a bailer it's basically them getting taken to a, a camp, a Vietnamese camp. That, that, yeah, that's a true story, yeah. isn't it? Fat camp. Yeah. It may have been. Not when they come out. <laughs> based on that. And it's uh, it goes more around the friendship that they forge within it's the Steve's arm, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see it. It looks, looks pretty good. Yeah. I've just got one more. It's a film that I 
it probably would have been the first Vietnam film that I ever watched. And I remember liking this a long time ago. Haven't revisited it for a long, long time. So I might mention it for a midweek mention. But Jacob's Ladder, obviously uh, Tim Robbins as Jacob Singer, a Vietnam vet who's like, you know, obsessed with ladders he's uh when he's like you see him he's in like new york it, it opens with him serving in vietnam and then it moves to to new york and there's some like really sort of creepy weird hallucinogenic flashback type shit going on if you haven't seen it i'm not going to spoil it because no, it's, i haven't seen it's, 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 oh, right, have you not well, seen it no i won't oh, spoil wow. it then because it's got quite a big spoiler in it another it's a remake mention, as well i think there is a remake but i think it's going to be bollocks yeah. but another good reason to mention it is his son in the film is played by Macaulay Culkin. Oh, another very good. Home Alone <laughs> reference right there. Oh yeah, I was going to say that Marv was probably a, a Vietnam vet. Yeah, I'm pretty much done. I think we've hit them all there. Go um, then. What are we going to put in? Ooh, I'm going to put tough. in Hamburger Hill because it seems that you guys haven't seen it, and maybe you will one day. It's Apocalypse Now for Oliver Stone. Yeah, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna back my man. I'm gonna go Good Morning Vietnam. I'm going Blind Fury. Wow. So we've got, we've not got Platoon, Full Metal Jacket. Born on the 4th of July. Wow. There's a lot in that there. That is poor. Well, oh. shame on you, bad dads. Yeah. Lots to choose. Peter, you really hit the brief with this one because I had never heard of this. Certainly missed this when it came out. So it's a 2016 film by a director. Yes, it who was. I think David McKenzie. I'm going to say, yeah, Scottish, he's Scottish guy. Yeah, no one's perfect. Nobody's perfect. And it stars Chris Pine, Jeff Bridges, Ben Foster, not the Watford goalkeeper, no. but another guy called Ben. Can we Foster. just get something out of the way? Chris Pine is a good-looking no, man. He's very isn't he? handsome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hair. Strong yeah. moustache game in this. Great well. hair. Great yeah, great hair. Also, I actually looked at one of the dinosaurs. I was like, for a guy who's like a bit sort of you know raggedy. He's, he's in good nick. He should do top the, five couple hair. Of, he had a couple of bits with the shirt was open as well. He's yeah. a good looking man. I yeah. could barely take my he eyes off He was almost him. too good looking. Mm. It, it came a bit, like, bit like Brad Pitt in Legends of the Fall. It was yeah. that level of hotness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So what drew me into this film was, was basically, you know, I, I sort of tried keeping to the brief. I didn't know anything about this film. I was looking at, at films that have, you know, come out in the last sort of, you know, five to ten years that I would have missed but would have been, you know, well-received and this was one of a number that I, I kept seeing similar sorts of, not reviews, but like comments around it saying that like it's a, it's a sort of a slightly different type of plot. And yeah, it was real well received. And I thought, why not? None, none of us had seen it, I don't believe, no. not any of us. So yeah, why not give it a give it a whirl? So It's, it's kind of a Western, I would say, like it, a it modern day. A neo-Western. West, now, I'm yeah. not a Western kind of guy i've not seen many westerns i've seen some they all seem to be the same fucking story really as far as i'm concerned but but this this one i thought because it, it had the word neo at the beginning i yeah. thought oh maybe it'll be different it means like new Matrix. yes yeah, yeah. I, know, I know i know what neo means but yeah, yeah. so it, they're just some guys who they're going to lose the ranch because they can't the mother has died and they can't keep up the payments on the ranch so. well the mother mortgaged the house at a ridiculous rate because she needed that. to pay yeah, yeah she needed to pay for her hospital treatment and it's you know yeah and the, and the bank have, have fucked her over really basically. with like yeah so the two so they've come up with the plot to they've, they've really thought this out they're just gonna do it's they're robbing the same banks branches of the banks that 
they've got the mortgage with the yeah. Texas Midland um, branch. Yeah, but you obviously don't know that at the beginning of the film. You just no. see sort of it starts off basically with like two brothers in, in a pretty cool car, like rolling into town, holding up the bank. And then straight away, what, what you sort of notice is that they're not going for like the jackpot and like, you know, they, no. they don't want $100 bills. They don't want bundles of notes. They just want the loose. They want the cash register. Yeah, they yeah. Don't, like you say, they don't yeah. want anything that's going to have squibs yeah, in this it. Is not, this is not heat. This is not Neil no. McCauley there <laughs> with a master plan of what they get. This is just quick cash, you know, hit and run, take the cash and run. And you see in this robbery, because it's clearly the first one that they've done together and it doesn't quite go according to plan but they pull it off okay they manage to yeah. get out there without anybody getting hurt and they get what they need and they get out and then destroy the vehicle that they were in they the stuff in between the filming in the car in between each heist was really cool brilliant yeah. absolutely the car the sequences in the cars were fantastic yeah. in this and, I th- and in, the, in the first robbery as well you kind of see the sort of like the the conflict or the differences between the two brothers that, that we found out that, that we find out that they are in the one of them, like Chris Pine, he, he all he wants is to like go in there, get the money, get out. Doesn't want anyone to get hurt. The other brother, I think he's Ben Foster's character is Tanner. I think Tanner. He's a little bit more wayward. I think he, he he's already just come out, out that yeah, he's yeah. just done a, a stretch inside, and he's a little bit more sort of gung ho and a, a bit of a loose cannon. So he's he's just the kind. Of, well, he's he's, he's the brother, so he was never going to say no. He says that. Why are you doing this? Because could you ask me, brother? Yeah, you know, yeah. That, that's it. He's that kind of guy. Well, and that's important because it's Toby's plan. It's Chris Pine's yeah. plan to do this. So yeah. he's roped his brother into doing this. That's thing. right. And he wants him obviously to do it his way because he believes his way will be safest yeah. and most effective. But Tanner's got an attitude you know he's got the attitude who gets drunk off beer when he's asked not to yeah. he says stay sober i need you sharp you know he goes yeah who gets drunk off beer yeah, and yeah he's just knocking it back and he doesn't really give a fuck he 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 wants to do more 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 and you can see there's a self-destructive element more in him than very much so, in yeah. uh chris Pine. And, and, and also Stanza. interestingly is like quite early on they touch upon they go to the to the ranch and they're talking and Tanner is talking about the mother asking questions because it's clear that, that they've been estranged for for a long time. And he doesn't give a fuck about her or her legacy or the fact that she's dead, really. But he knows that his brother does. And, and the, the one person he seems to love and respect in the world is, is his brother. So that's why he's on board with this plan. There's a, there's a second robbery, an opportunistic one, really. Their brothers are having dinner in a yeah. diner. Oh, that's a, that's the third robbery. Is it the third yeah, one? Yeah, there's, there's this... two. They hit two branches together, and in the the second one, that's where they get the women on the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's before the opening hours. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And then, it's and the then third we're introduced one is the impromptu one by the older uh, the older brother. And in this second robbery, where he's got the girl on the floor for for no reason, he slams the bank manager in the face. Mm. Obviously, hits him in the nose, breaks his nose, or, or whatever it is, which is standard fare from a, a bank robber. But there was no need for it, and yeah. it just gives us further confirmation that Tanner is a little bit of a loose cannon, just the kind of guy you don't want with a gun. Yeah, he's wild. Whilst this is happening, we're then introduced to the Texas Ranger Marcus, played by Jeff Bridges, doing yeah. one of his brilliant southern draws. I mean, it's the role that is made for. You can mm. talk really slowly and be really it's racist. Just so American, yeah. He's facing retirement and he's taken on this case because the FBI aren't interested in it because it's the, 
the amount of money that's being stolen from these banks is mm. so small that it's not an amount that they're interested in. So he, again, I've talked about this before. I don't understand American law enforcement, but he's a Texas Ranger, which is not a policeman. It's something else. And he's not in the FBI. But anyway, he's tasked with investigating it with his half Comanche, half Mexican partner, Alberto. Yeah. And he's just a massive racist twat to him the whole time. It's Bantz though, isn't it? It's, don't, it's not Bantz. It's not. You don't no. see it. I thought it was. No. But the, the the purpose of it, so regard, so parking the sort of like the the audience's sort of take from it. So what Jeff Bridges' character does is he he gives him a hard time and all the time, all the time. In it, like it's it's his ver, it's what he thinks is banter. He's not doing it to be fucking horrible. He's doing it to try and have some kind of camaraderie and banter. And it's totally misguided. And you can see that the, the you know, his partner's response to it at first is he doesn't laugh. He doesn't even like sort of, you know, his fo- he just gives him sort of like stony faced sort of glares. And glares yeah. But then what he does do is he starts giving it back about his age and, and oh, some other stuff. And then, and he even makes reference, Jeff Bridges makes references to it saying like, oh, you know, you'll get this yet. Yeah. And that then they actually start to become a bit closer together as a result of that. It's not. Do they? Do yeah. they really? I, I, I don't know. I, I think I so. Know. Jeff, Jeff Bridges, we'll, we'll come on to, to you know Jeff Bridges' reaction to what happens in, in a later scene. But it's 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 kind of it's it's misguided old school what he believes to be banter. It's very believable. For yeah, me. it is. It's yeah. very very believable. It made Regardless, me dislike I him I so like, much. Watch it in a jaw. I found it uncomfortable at first. And then I kind of thought, okay, so so the point of this, they're both these guys are both senior in years. He would have been a racist dickhead for a long time, yeah. And his his partner would have been on the receiving end of racist dickheads for a long time as well. And it, and it crosses over into elements of the you know Native American culture and so on. And I think even so, I know this is jumping the gun, but this film was going to be called Comanche at, mm. at one point, but mm. it, it was changed. But touches on that quite a few times about the land and how it was stolen and and the ancestors and so on but his partner his partner's character alberto isn't it he does sort of almost get to a point where it's like well if if i can't stop him from doing it i'm going to start peppering him back about his age and other things that it ends up it kind of like breaks the frost between them Mm, to some extent Anyway, while whilst he's being a racist cunt to him, there we're also finding out a bit more about the family situation of Toby and Tanner. So it's revealed in conversation. Do stop me if I'm getting this at the wrong time. But the, the father, there's some implication basically that Tanner offed the father, isn't there? Yeah, and yeah. He's like, that's why I shot him. Yeah, but you don't know if that's what he did his stretch inside for, but yeah, yeah. I assume so. Yeah. And the mother was obviously a powerful figure in their lives, but they're not referring to her very fondly. There's no love there, but Chris Pine's character is sort of obsessional about this desire to hold on to the ranch. Well, there's a very good reason for that. Yeah, absolutely. And we find that reason out. Yeah. Black gold. Because there's gold in them there. Not hills, because it's flat, but yeah. 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 Around about 30 minutes in, in the cowboy diner, there was one one moment where they were, they were having a conversation. It was interviewing the the people after that that kind of robbery in the diner. Where the impromptu Tanner, one where yeah, he just where walks Tanner, off and does Tanner it. Tanner just goes into the bar while Chris Pine's character's staying in. He's talking to the waitress and everything. And she's goes into keen, the bank. She's yeah. keen on him. He's having a chat. His brother's goes in, starts robbing the the other bank and everything. And after that, 
Um, she fancied a bit of Chris Pine, didn't she? she? Yeah, we all do. Oh, really. yeah. she was throwing herself at him. Yeah, yeah, she really was. She was, and and he left her a two hundred dollar tip, and and probably thought she was in with a, a chance there, but then found out that money was very likely stolen when Jeff Bridges walks in there, and he starts talking to some people on a table next to them about, you know, have you seen anything? How long you've been here, and everything. And one of the guys just mentions a, a line that I jotted down. He says, you know, that robbing banks in this day and age is is gone like you know that you Mm. don't see these bank kind of robberies anymore because we are in the we are in a more modern day as you said it's an eo kind of western and it is wild west are two guys going into a bank with a bank you know it just doesn't happen anymore Mm. but in this particular town and and these towns these banks it was they were rolling back the clocks a little bit yeah, they've come up with an ingenious way, I thought, of rid of the sort of the banks would know about the serial numbers on the dollar bills. So they take them off to casinos, yeah, to trade them the money, in yeah. for poker chips. Toby goes and sits at the bar, has a few drinks and then cashes back out and like an hour or two later. Tanner goes off, manages to double their winnings on uh, the I think it's poker. is it? Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. So that's nice as well. So they're the, building these, up this summer money. These are all casinos given to the Native Americans yeah. as well through settlements and yeah. things that they've they've reparations had as well, isn't it yeah mm. yeah and uh, and so yeah that, that was the bit where you sort of find out what they're robbing the banks for because when he's when he goes to the to the cashier and says that she says do you want cash or check he, he has four thousand dollars in cash so that he can catch up with his his maintenance payments with his ex for for his boys but has the rest put onto a check for the Texas Midland Bank, mm. which at that point I was like, okay, what's going on here? And then you eventually realize it's to pay back the bank for the mortgage or do the uh, cover all the mortgage payments and, and any fees and so on with the money that they've stolen from that very bank, which yeah. is even referenced by the, like the lawyer who, yeah. who helps facilitate that and sets up the trust fund or put the ranch into the, the trust fund for, for his son by saying, you know, you're you're paying the bank off with money that you stole them with their own money. Like, what what's more Texan than that? And they've got to get it done by Friday, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. There's a deadline be a for, before a full closure, closure or something mm. that uh, yeah means so they can got, seize the the ranch. I presume you've got this ticking clock now of days to go, and they reckon they've got now another four or five banks that they need to hit before they've raised the sum yeah. that they yeah. they need. Yeah, and then and then it sort of the 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 plot sort of goes into the narrowing down of the banks that are a worth robbing for for the brothers and b what what is Jeff Bridges' character's name? Is it Marcus uh, Marcus, ha- Marcus Hamilton. Hamilton? Yeah, Hamilton. Well, so he's he, kind of he, worked it out. Yeah, isn't he? he works out which one they're going to hit next based on which one's closed, which because he's got party to the information that one of the branches is closed, which the brothers actually rock up to yeah. uh, and find out for themselves. Well, he goes through the same thought process that they yeah. do and he decides this particular bank is going to be one of the ones that's going to be robbed. Yeah. Well, working out that they're saving for something here, much like the Well, he's uh, figuring out break, their, their modus you know, operandi. When they, when they do the point break, it reminded me a little bit of that kind of robbery where it was just mm. going out, just get the tills and go, it pays for your summer, it pays for, for whatever it but is. But the idea yeah. is to do it when nobody's there, Yeah, uh, which starts to become a bit of a problem. Well, they're, they're now going to one that's it's a bigger town. And also because they've missed the opportunity to do one at the beginning of the day, they're now coming into this this town. I think it's Post, is it? Post. Is the name of the town. So they're, they're coming into this one at a time that's going to be a bit busier. So they go into the into the bank to do the robbery, and obviously there's a load of people in there. Mm. And uh, law so- of averages, 
there's all there's going to be a, like a have a go hero and Texas. also one of the people who works in the bank as well so there it, it becomes like a gunfight and this was really good the way they showed the change the real upping of the stakes here yeah. because all the banks they burst into before they were totally in control there's nobody in there other than the teller maybe and the manager that's it one time they go in comically there's an old guy who has to put his gun on the counter <laughs> and he's like just keep that over there old timer and they rob it and they sort of run off and he shoots out oh, yeah, the, shoots at them as they go away yeah. so it's escalating but this time when they go in they're immediately on the back foot because the bank is really busy and Everybody's packing, like you yeah. said. It's just um, a split the- second, isn't it, where they're like, what are we going to do? Right, we're yeah. all in. We're all, we're in, all in. in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They the talent like, doubles down on, on the action and, and Toby's like more reticent and he just wants to get there as, as soon as possible. He knows mm-hmm. that they're in over. And Toby ends up getting caught in some crossfire. Oh, this is where Tanner executes a couple of guys. So yeah. like the stakes go way up. This is way above and beyond what well, Toby a security yeah. guard uh, wanting they, to they do, didn't yeah. know where he was so there's a security guard in the building with a pistol who who comes out there's also somebody on the floor it took me a while to realize what she's going on she was just texting her dad or something or mm. mates to say there's a robbery going on so yeah. outside suddenly like like five trucks <laughs> full of anti group yeah, people yeah. Texans turn up now I, I mean America has access to guns is this a plausible thing do you think that this could happen. Yeah, I think, yeah, there's definitely certain parts of America where if, this if you rob the local whatever, then the rest of the people in the town are going to come and if, fuck you up. If they hear two guys are robbing a bank and they're like... We'll send 10 guys. We're going to send 10 and yeah. just... There was which easily is, 10 guys, which wasn't is, there? Right, and which is what they got shotguns and, and... Five trucks chase them out of town until they, they turn around and bring out a massive kind of semi-automatic machine gun and, and yeah. start spraying them down with it. Did Toby, Chris Pine's character, actually kill anyone? No. no he didn't. No, no, no. Because no. he's, as they're driving away from that, he's like, now sort of saying that, like, you know, you killed those guys, like, it's, you know, that's not what this is meant to be. Like, And, and I think Tanner says something like, well, it was us or them, so. Yeah. Which it kind of was. It kind of was at that it, point, but they I put know, themselves I think in he, that the situation. first guy that he, he executes, it's I think he might be, yeah, yeah. He, he just fucking shoots him straight in the head. Um, yeah, but he was about to draw a bead on um, possibly. Toby. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, Toby's been shot. He gets a, a through and through. They call it, mm. with, but it's come out the other side. So he's not looking good, but it, he's he's going to be okay. And now this sets up the end part of the movie where well, Toby this, they, has they to get up. away. Yeah, and well, Tanner yeah. decides. I I mean, I just didn't see. He's just basically creates this last stand. He's going to sacrifice himself. going to sacrifice himself. This yeah. scene was really dramatic. Yeah. He starts firing on the guys with a sniper rifle from a ridge and then the Texas Rangers who turn up. He gets uh, matey, doesn't he? Alberto. Yeah. Alberto gets it in the head. Just, yeah. uh, just after one last kind of uh, insult to him, doesn't he? Where he mm. goes, you just got there and tomahawk him or something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. His yeah. whole just... brain is like in his hat. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, horrible. It's, fucking... yeah. it's horrible. And, and this, this is where I think, you know, the, the banter and so on, whilst totally sort of ignorant and old-fashioned, mm. was just banter because Hamilton is yeah. fucking traumatised by it. He, he wails... Like a yeah, but just don't friend. be a prick, though. No, no, I, no. I, 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 understand, I understand that, but like he's, you know, this he is, is a, distraught. a different part of the world, and he's from an older generation. Mm. And I think that it's it, it is realistic, if not, you know, that palatable. It, it's it's yeah. realistic, yeah, yeah. and so it, it doesn't. I, I think the, the, there's no like really horrible ill intent towards his his colleague. He just thinks it's funny, and it, yeah. it, and you know, it makes the day go by a bit quicker. 
he's fucking really really like you know upset by his partner's like execution so he gets he, then, he gets some of the the locals one to of the local run him around who so, knows the the hills yeah. and, and the surrounding area to, to to drive him up to another vantage point where he can then he pick, out out snipers the sniper yeah yeah, yeah. he picks off it's Tanner. a sort of anticlimactic death because he's sat he's just sat yeah reloading or looking at the gun and slumped over just from you know well not from nowhere but he he just gets caught and just slumps over and that's it game maybe sort of propped up by his rifle the scenes are good though classic western stuff of people just at the top of ridges between like rock formations stuff it's yeah i love all that stuff stuff. but yeah he was a real real, yeah he was a real horrible sod on top of that hill as well wasn't Mm. he because he was he was taking well, I think um, he knew he was going to go, but he was yeah. going to take out as many as he could exactly before he got that. Got, yeah. Exactly that. Toby gets stopped at a police blockade yeah. as he escapes, and it's a very tense scene where he's like, you've just seen him strap himself up again from the through and through or the cut and shot or whatever it was. And he does get through undetected. Then he goes off and I think he goes and sorts out the bank, doesn't he? He goes and pays off the money and yeah. faxes all the bit. He makes the guy, yeah, takes yeah. him over to the photocopier. He's like, when are you going to do that? Oh, I'm going to do it later today. He's like, well, I'll come with you. We'll do it now. So yeah. he just walks him over to the photocopier of the fax machine, blah, blah, blah. It's quite good. So it's done. Yeah. Yeah. He's got it. And he, he, he also knew that guy was never going to do that if he'd have walked out and left him to yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah. he had, because the, the bank was all for taking this land that has loads of oil on it. And as we see a little bit later on down the line, it's, it's, he's retired, isn't he? Yeah. Hamilton. Uh, yes. Yes. He, yeah. So a little bit later on down the line, the brother's dead. He's taken the rap for everything. They haven't been able to pin anything on Chris Pine. He's got uh, which is quite it. unbelievable, really. Yeah. Yeah. But he's well, got away he, he had, he had, I think it was explained in, in one of the, by the, the cop when he goes in, oh, let me just have a look at that case again. He goes, look, we've been through it. Guy was there. He'd never had a record. Yeah, he was he in the said. war. You know, it was let all that kind of, uh, How do you, how do you think you were supposed to feel that he'd gotten away with it? Well, it was very morally ambiguous was, was my takeaway from it. You know. Definitely. And I think that's dealt with in the very final scene between like Hamilton and, and Toby in mm. the, because obviously after that scene you're talking about there, Dan, once he's he then just takes it upon himself to go to the ranch and, and confront Toby, who he thinks has done all this for like person like direct personal gain. He thinks that this is now Toby's ranch with Toby living on it, living the life of Riley. That like he wants to know why he robbed he robbed banks to the tune of not even what he now clears a month from yeah. like the the oil that's being produced and so yeah it is it, he wants sort of closure on why that happened why his partner got shot he but he holds Toby responsible for it because obviously he kills Tanner uh, in in revenge for mm-hmm. it. Yep. But then he says he, he actually tells Toby like my partner's dead because of you mm. and he had a family and 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 yeah. because he asked him at one stage Hamilton have, do you, have you got a family because he's explaining why he did it and he was like well I know like is it Alberto had, yeah had a family uh, and obviously he's dead he he holds him responsible for it I think then it kind of like takes another sort of like step down from Chris Pine's just done this for his own like reward when the the ex-wife and the two boys return and it turns out that they're the ones living on the ranch they're the ones benefiting from yeah. this like you know, mm, you know the, the the oil and that he just comes along and and is like a yeah yeah basically yeah. like yeah like a janitor his ex-wife and, and kids ranch and then there's like yeah quite a a strange sort of like finale to it where 
there's just it's very it's posturing really and the, I, I didn't know if they were talking because they're, they're saying like oh he says oh well i live here so if you want to come and finish this conversation because at one point it looks like they're going to yeah. draw guns on each other before well, chris the family arrives. got a gun hasn't yeah he? well they both have yeah and he sort of says if you want to finish this conversation this is where i live and we can talk it through and they kind of like talk about talking and i didn't know if they meant like yeah if you basically want to come around and try and fucking execute me i'm, I'm gonna be ready and i'll probably I, shoot you first that's so what it was surely that's yeah kind of what it, it, it alluded to we mentioned that this was a film that we'd all missed and just doing a bit of reading around it the movie did test well with audiences and had big names in it but they didn't want to advertisers didn't want to be associated with it because it was sort of anti-financial institutions <laughs> and had that morally ambiguous kind of message so it didn't get a big publicity thing right. around it so that's why well, it that, kind that's of missed kind of to in the film about banks it's it's because oh, well, there's says, a really on the nose thing yeah, about it's, it's how little, the the indians were replaced by the white man and the white man's now being replaced, replaced by, by the, the banks, banks. it's like oh fucking white hell banks yeah it's yeah i died that didn't this was uh, also made at the same time as Star Trek Beyond, so Chris Pine only had two weeks to make it. I heard, oh, yeah, really? I, I saw that. And, yeah. and yeah, it was he, filmed he, in sequence. It was, yeah. So this is, doesn't happen very often, but they filmed it all. Well, his, his, yes. In his two weeks, so the, the scene at the end... That's with, the only with one Jeff with them too. Yeah, yeah. That, that was his last day. And his first and, day. Yeah, yeah, Bridges' first day, yeah. It was made, it was knocked up for $12 million. Mm. So based on what we've said, what do you reckon box office wise i didn't see the numbers for this going by what you said and the fact that i never saw it and the fact that you guys never saw it i'm gonna say it wasn't a big hit and broke even i, I think it's probably made money i i guess it must have had a bigger better cinematic release and marketing in another place but for some reason not here loss or break even it did have four oscar nominations jeff bridges was was nominated for an wow. oscar so it got a bit of obviously publicity about that it made 38 million when i was writing that down i had to check because it's almost exactly the same as the other film we yeah, talked yeah, about yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. and um, jeff the dude's performance it, it elevated the film didn't he? he's it, great he really of, really yeah. is yeah. He, he was just yeah as it's I very say, similar to his scene. rooster cogburn in yeah, the, uh, yeah, is, yeah remake of the blur i really enjoyed this i wouldn't say i loved it loved it but i did enjoy watching it i don't know if it's one i'd go back to immediately also the soundtrack is by nick cave yeah but it, it's sort of like i've been listening to it this week it's sort of like outtakes from better albums so i quite liked it but it's almost like the mm. things that didn't make it into the better albums <laughs> you know one yeah, of those are the retired cop that couldn't let it go it threatened that a little bit at the end when i thought oh he's gonna go back to the ranch and they're gonna have a shootout or, or whatever but it didn't it didn't do that you know it, it held off and it mm. left a little bit of well what do you think's gonna happen after this because i think they realized they're not bad men there there was a situation that he can't wrap his head around why four people died including his partner your brother and all the rest of it but i think as he started He's a clever guy. He was putting the pieces together when he realised, oh, it wasn't your farm. It's not your land. And and then maybe around the banks and seeing that, that situation, like the bank has screwed them over enough, these mm -hmm. people, that they felt forced to go and do that. Mm. Yeah, it was sort of morally ambiguous at the end, but I enjoyed the film. A little bit with you, Sidey. I, I really, I did enjoy it. Whether I go back and rewatch it, I'd recommend it to some yeah, people. Yeah, I'd say if, uh, exactly right. I would say yeah. definitely check it out. It's definitely worth your time. It's really good. But it's probably a one-er for me. Like yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just stick with that. I, 
yeah, I did enjoy it. I thought the themes about rural economic blight just it was going on and on and on at the same stuff over and over again. And I don't know that I really I like Chris Pine and I Ben Foster just twitches a lot and stammers a bit and overacts quite a lot. And I didn't buy either of them as as southern guys at brothers. all brothers no nothing yeah but chris pine's uh, hot he mm, is hot really and his hot. hotness is disturbing in this he's not he was too hot <laughs> and so they weren't they i didn't buy either of them and the script kind of drops in the middle but the sequences in the bank stuff is you know really good and it was surprising and jeff bridges is great yeah check it out y'all <laughs> Which of your offspring are watching Trapdoor? None. Albeit, I put this on, I put a few episodes of this on, and Charlie kind of got involved a little bit. But this was actually a suggestion from my missus. This is oh. her first. Um, it's a Mad Mum's takeover. Yeah. Um, albeit, I just, I just said like we've we've completely moved away from things that the kids are watching now because they're so dreadful. Sidey's like really like put down a marker and set a precedent in terms of things that he wants to watch let's say kids shows so i said to cindy oh, what, what did you used to like as a kid growing up what did you and she was like it took her a while to get there and i and she was giving me some references and eventually we agreed that she was talking about trapdoor right <laughs> which i then decided yeah i think i really like that as a kid i don't remember a great deal about it i didn't remember any of the characters names i didn't know how long it had run for or when it was out even but you remembered the music though yes so that's the one yes, thing I, you did yes remember. i did and that's that's one of it we've had a few right really like epic theme tunes to to kids things and this is another one i think yeah. maybe sidey using the power of editing can probably give it some love here it is Yeah, that was really good. Uh, Whilst we're on the subject of theme tunes, so this theme tune was written by a guy called Bob Heaty, a Scottish fella. He also wrote the theme tune or co-wrote the theme tune to Funhouse, which is another absolute banger. And also the game show Wheel of Fortune. How did the music go to Wheel of Fortune? Can't remember, remember, but I'm sure it was... uh, If someone played that, Sidey's going to play it for (laughs) us If um, Bob's done it, it's cash. So, unbelievably, wrote quite a few songs for Shaken Stevens, including Merry Christmas, Everyone. Wow. So, pedigree. Yeah, Bob Heaty, what a guy. And it is a banging song. It is. Then you open that trap door. Yeah, you're a fool if you dare. Yeah. These episodes are very brief, yeah. which is good. I thought that that would get a lot of love for this because yeah. no matter whether you thought it was awful or not, you only had to endure it for less than five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say in defense of the policy of picking what your kids are watching what they're not watching my daughter binge watched all of these mm. the whole there's two seasons of four and there's 40 episodes in total and she watched them all absolutely loved it so this is something that okay my daughter watches so, so right, this because, is before i'd suggested it yeah i've never nominated it but it would be a nom- it right. would be a valid nomination okay good kids do watch it it's that boring twat nick parks is it Ardman animation that I was. Oh, is it? 
No, no, as in he does a style of this sort of anime. So oh, it's, right. it's, it's like clay model plus scene, if you like. This is a This is far cruder and, yeah. and, in my opinion, better for it. Anarchic is a good way to describe it. But they definitely, a lot of the things look like something. They didn't you could, concentrate on precision, I think. No. But what I'm saying is you could nip into the, like, the kids' plus scene or whatever Play Doh collection and make a lot of oh, these things. You could make yeah. this, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah. There, there, I didn't need any special talent to be able to produce some of the characters they've got there, but the the soundtrack straight away grabs you. The animation is fun. It's really fun to look at, and the it, the, the way it's it's strung together. Mm. I particularly like in terms of the animation things like the first bit where I really kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, no, this this I really liked was like the sort of like the worm type things mm. like wriggling yeah. in the bowl. <laughs> Like the chaos in the kitchen, because th- this episode is about breakfast time, and the, you've got the thing that lives upstairs in yeah. the castle yeah. that that our our hero Burke is the servant of, I guess, and yeah. he lives downstairs in like a basement slash kitchen type scenario, and there is in the middle of the floor a trapdoor that you know obviously there's references to it in the title and throughout every episode, <laughs> despite being told, don't open the trapdoor, it gets opened every single episode and yeah. things come out of it. Different things, you know, they're pretty friendly yeah. and, and some less so. I, I remember watching this when I was a kid and it, it was one of those things you get home and because it was so short, you had to be in the right place at the right time. Back in those days, you didn't have all this stop and I'll watch it later kind yeah. of stuff. It was on. If yeah. you weren't there, you missed it. And when I would get to watch this, it was... I don't know, it was one of those things, a little bit like The Simpsons in where do they keep coming up with the ideas, you know, to, to come out what's coming out. And it's very, very simple, each each setting. I mean, a lot more simple than The Simpsons, that you've just got basically one set. I don't remember it going outside the kitchen area. It, really. Well, it does in this episode, it mm. goes into like a another room and a cupboard and, and so yeah, on. But you never go upstairs. It. You never see you the never thing. You never see the thing And upstairs. you never actually go down through the trapdoor no. i think i was doing a bit of research and the thing the, there's references to what it may look like there's all kinds of things have you done more research than me side well the 14th episode of the first series the little thing a lightning bolt illuminates a mass a mass of spongy tentacles And in the same episode, Burke makes a reference to his three eyes. Then in the 13th episode, he asks which head contains a toothache, implying multiple heads. Mm. So lots of clues, but never actually shown. It's some sort of Cthulhu-esque abomination. Yeah. It's some awful thing Mm. that needs to be fed. And often he's fed upon the things that emerge from the trapdoor, as as occurs with the first thing that comes out of the trapdoor in the episode that we watched. There's a yellow... Strange yellow, big, triangle-headed thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, a triangle-headed yellow thing. Mm. Mm. Those pies that the yellow thing eats did look quite appetizing. It did, yeah. yeah. He ends up being fed to the abomination upstairs, the yellow thing, and then carelessly, I think, <laughs> something else escapes yeah. from the trapdoor. A bigger, redder, angrier-looking yeah. thing. Now, did you see the... This has quite a lot of lore, this big red monster in the trapdoor. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you, did you pick up on this one? No, no I didn't. So the, the red monster that comes out in this episode also comes out in the final episode, and he 
apparently kills one of them, Rog. I don't know which one Rog is. Uh, Rog's uh, another trapdoor creature. Right. It's so, not one of the, the main characters. Yeah, so it just ends with this like really uh, sad thing where they're being terrorised forever by the red monster and one of them's dead. Oh, that oh. is a tragic yeah. ending. Yeah. It's, it doesn't come across as a sad cartoon, though, this no. at all, no. or um, no, a sad animation. It's just, for as old as it is, and potentially how rubbish this could be, mm. it's not like that. I, I just thought it was really great fun. And for five minutes, it's the kind of thing you hope would, your kids might go, oh, I want to do that, mm. you know, and I want to move, I want to make my own little animation. Well, I did, actually. That, did you? Yeah, I had a video camera used to do, like, stop motion. Right, I mean, okay. it was shit, but same sort of thing. Like I want to see that. See if you can stuff. find them. That would be good, get wouldn't it? On. Yeah, yeah, if you can dig them that out be and good. get them on. But and you'd then we like mercilessly for... pan you for it. Well. Yeah, it'd be terrible. <laughs> and you'd work for like, in those days, it's like literally turning a camera on and then turning it off again oh. and then like trying to do it. And, you know, you'd work for a whole afternoon and get about half a second's footage and it was terrible. So. Well, that five minute episode probably takes them uh, a week or something mm. to put together. Yeah. You can almost smell it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can yeah, almost yeah, smell yeah, it yeah. as you're watching I know exactly it. what you mean, yeah. It's, it's, so his pal's in the, we're calling it the kitchen yeah. sort of area, are Boney, uh, who's a, a skull, and a sort of a spider called Drut, which is turd backwards. <laughs> oh, I didn't yeah. pick up on that. Yeah. yeah. It's right there, it's staring yeah. you in the face. Are there, are there any other kind of clever word-playing names? None, none that I'm aware of, no. No, no. okay. There's oh, a yeah. monster called Shitstabber. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. It's okay. not the but cleverest. No, no, yeah. nothing, nothing as clever as Dead. Yeah. Oh, there was subtle. a snake called Pubis. Pubis? No, there wasn't. Right. No. made that up. I liked this. It's got that crazy British feel to yeah. it. I mean, I don't. there's probably not much of a narrative through line, I wouldn't no. think, apart from monsters coming up. Just feeding the, the thing. Yeah. Well, I, um, I did. Do you know how much it costs an episode? Uh, a fiver. No? No, no. It, it actually cost them around about three and a half thousand pounds to put and each one made over seven million each what? episode yeah each episode made over seven million have you just made rupees. these numbers up how do you feel yeah. like how talk me through can you have you got a breakdown no no I'm making, this is million. all stuff i'm just making up right now okay <laughs> right i see i see yeah i mean you liked it you liked it you liked it there was a one star review on amazon a said, I never wanted this item. I pressed the button by mistake. It seems <laughs> harsh. But it does show you the value. I always click on the one-star reviews. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's good um, A didn't put a lot of effort into much there, no. really, did he? Even their name. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy this, and my daughter really enjoys this. So it doesn't have unicorns or ponies or any of that mm. shit in it. So you, you can definitely watch this and enjoy yeah, it. It has well, Grut the Spider <laughs> instead. Oh, oh Glomits. Oh, Glomits was one of his... And Great Glum Fattocks. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> and the thing is kind of got a bit of like a Cockney yeah. Yeah. sort of accent. Yeah, he's a well, gay, it's he's Willie a Rushton. Guy. It is Willie Rushton, does yeah. all the voices, yeah. Yeah, Willie. <laughs> I, I did try to get the... Uh, I did Rushed try to on. get... <laughs> 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 I was saying I did try and get my daughter to watch this but timing wasn't good again but it's the kind of thing I'll try again especially after hearing inside his daughter liked it so much yeah she um, loved it then she did love I'll, it. I'll give it a crack right Riggs do you have any treasures for us to watch next week yes what are they the top five is going to be the top five spectacles ah 
Wow. In movies, as a look out for them. Yeah. yeah. I'm a window face as well, so yeah, that should work well. Old window liquor. <laughs> no, wait, that's not right, is it? The movie is going to be Mother. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Have right. you seen it? No, I've never, I've, I haven't missed this one. I've avoided this one. But okay. Yeah, I have a little bit because yeah. it's Darren Aronofsky and I really like him, but this could be a bit of a yeah. interesting Well, we'll one. see. We'll see. I haven't actually read that much about it. And what's, then what's that on? Is it Netflix? It's on the television. Or? It's on the television. Yeah, just turn it on and it will find Okey it. Okey And the kids thing, I'm not quite sure. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna like hurl us into the 21st century. Okay. And we'll go down some sort of like YouTube slash Amazon Prime Kids network type thing of not a half an hour so please i'll make it short I, I can't remember the name of it i get the two things confused but there's one where some kids taste things and there's another that one the, the vagina they... monologues no it's not <laughs> it's not the vagina monologues that's the thing you were so, telling me about on the dark web it's not on the dark web no yeah i'll, I'll get the name of it okay cool well, whilst we've been doing all this, it seems like a few extra people have been tuning in, which is really great. So if you are listening, please do recommend us and ask someone else to listen too. That would be wonderful. All that remains is to say, Sidey signing out. Reads out. Dan's gone. Ahoy. Ahoy. <laughs>